0: Welcome to Pastor J.T.'s devotional podcast. Join him and his guests each week as they journey through God's Word together. For more information, check out our website at shuckmemorial.com. We're so glad you're listening. All right. Good afternoon, everybody. This is uh, Pastor JT and Tristan, and we're here with a new podcast. We're excited to tell you a little bit about it here today, and we're going to jump into it as well into a new book. Uh, this is this is a book by Sky Jethanai, and he is a, he's a pastor, a consultant. He has a podcast as well um, that he does weekly. You can kind of check out. He blends some culture theology. And so he's got three kids, lives up towards the Chicago area. But the, the book that we're using of his, it's called What If Jesus Was Serious? And this is a book you can order on, on Amazon. It's about uh, 15 bucks. You can order it, get it here, and, and join us as we do our podcast each week. We're going to read about two, uh, two sections out of the book. So they're pretty short, about four pages each, but give you a lot of good insight. And the, the back of the book, it just says, if Jesus was serious, then why don't we take him more serious? and so this is a book here in which he compares jesus teachings to a quick survey of how christians live and and one thing becomes apparent we often ignore much of what jesus says and so he exposes the problem and thought of a deep examination of christ's longest lessons uh, teaching on the sermon on the Mount. and so what if jesus was serious that's kind of the question that he uh, states and this is a cool book because he has a lot of illustrations in here, drawings and pictures, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's really cool to check out if you're if you don't want to do a ton of reading. This is a, a pretty short read, but really insightful and great little pictures, great references, and just uh, just really give you some thoughts about taking the words of Christ even more serious. And his uh, overall thought is that if Christians take Jesus' teachings more serious, then others will also take Jesus' teachings more serious, and so. I'm excited to, to be here with Tristan as we use this new visual guide to the teachings of Jesus. And so again, this is um, a book you could easily pick up on Amazon, What If Jesus Was Serious Here by Sky, and so uh, you can check that out. But today we're going we're gonna to start out with a little devotion here um, that Tristan's got for us, and then we're going to jump right into, into this book.
1: So the little devotion we have today is titled Tattoos and Mirrors. It's, par- it's deriv- derived... From Psalm 139, verses 13 through 14, which I'll read here. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. So we're going to move into the devotion that's derived from it. Isn't it tough trying to make everybody happy? Deep down, you would love for everyone to like and admire you. But unfortunately, you can't please everyone. That's impossible. The thought of someone not appreciating or accepting you for whom God has created you to be is hard. But you know what's harder? Accepting that God believes about accepting what God believes about you. Yes, you. You are extremely social. God took his intricate plans and developed the next world changer in you. Don't belittle or reduce the quality of what God has designed in you. If you give others the power to determine your self-worth, it will not only cripple your own view of yourself, but diminish the way you think God views you. Many of us tattoo ourselves with labels of whom we think we are supposed to be. But these tattoos don't have to be permanent. Have you ever looked in the mirror and thought, I wish I could change my nose, my ears, eyes, body type, skin uh, hair, lips, teeth. That sad list goes on and on. These misleading thoughts are inspired by what society portrays as desirable. Remember, you are not an accident. You were created this way for a specific reason. Your identity is found in Jesus Christ, and what he says about you is the truth. Look in the mirror and say, I am good enough. I am accepted. So, one way the book want you to reflect on this is on a piece of paper write down a few unwanted tattoos you have been wearing that you need to get rid of then throw away the list and ask god please help me view myself the way you view me please help me view other people the way you view them in jesus name amen
0: amen that was a good a good little devotion to to kind of jump into things and that that devotion also if you wanted to pick that up you can get it on amazon as well that's a walk in faith five minute devotions for for teen guys and so and i I think it also works for teen girls as well so uh, but a good good thought there and and certainly as tristan was saying i mean how many times do we uh we want something you know different within ourselves or, or within our body or our appearance at times and you know, I remember back when I was in high school, everybody had, like, all the cool, like, flipped up hair and stuff, and, you know, and or the kids had braces and the other ones didn't, so you're envious with the ones without braces, but you get to that point, you know, I mean, looks change and stuff and style changes, but it's funny because the, the stuff that people were wearing back when I was in high school has come back around to be cool again, and... <laughs> So and the, it's just funny how that does the. But at the time, it wasn't the cool stuff people were wearing. It was just like it was the average things. So, um, it's funny. It's funny those the way those things change. But absolutely, I think we all deal with that and, and have those challenges. And so uh, as as we're getting ready to jump into this book today, one thing about today is today is Saint Patrick's Day. So happy Saint Patrick's Yay. Day there. Yeah, fun day. Wear your green. I've got actually I got a retro shirt on today. I'm Larry Bird. I'm wearing. From the Boston Celtics, so throwback there. Uh, one of the, the top players, I'd, I'd put him up there at the top five probably. Um, oh, Michael Jordan's obviously going to be number one, but debatably he's probably up there in that top five up mm-hmm. there with him. So uh, no questions about MJ, but I, I do like Larry Bird. I know there's a, a lot of fans out there for Larry Bird as well in the Boston Celtics. But, um, yeah, St. Patrick's, they had its own history too, pretty cool, that named after a saint, St. Patrick, over and he was a, a missionary. He was um, over in Ireland, and, and one of the things that he's famous for, for doing is that he was supposedly, there's no snakes in Ireland because he led them all to the sea by playing the, I think it was like the flute or something like that. And so that may be a little bit more folklore, but he was a, he was a good man, a good missionary, and did a lot of good things. But um, that's, they say there's no snakes in Ireland today because of him. So I, that's one place I'd probably go visit because you know how I feel about snakes, not a fan. <laughs> But um, definitely, definitely cool to have a day that we stop, celebrate, and, and think about um, old St. Patrick there. So as, as we jump into that, you know, here we go, we're going to look at our book here, uh, What If, and there's a cool little chart on the first page, and it kind of just describes who is really blessed, and it has two, two kind of views there. It puts the church in the center, and then on the left side, it's got the world, and on the right side, it's got Jesus, and it says, uh, the kingdom of this world and some of the uh, the ideals here, if you want to read, Tristan, those, uh, those perspectives there of, of who the world would say is blessed.
1: Yeah, the world says the powerful, the rich, the influential, the popular, and the strong are blessed. But if you look at the kingdom of heaven here, the overlooked, the peaceful, the pure, the meek, the sad, and the poor inherit the kingdom of heaven.
0: Yeah, when you look at that, it's just like the opposite, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, based on worldly status, and, and even as you read that devotion today about wanting to, to to impress others by the way we look or have qualities at times we don't always have. Uh, you know, we think about those things, um, we think of power as good, and yet Jesus says the humble. We think of uh, rich would be better than, than poor, and Jesus says blessed there are the poor. And so it is just the, the exact opposite of worldly thinking. And yet Jesus didn't come to have a kingdom established in this world he came to bring the kingdom of God here to us and so these are characteristics of those who who follow Jesus and so it's uh we're going to start out here with this this first uh, little section if jesus was serious then we'll focus more on his good news and less on the religious to-do list you know i always think of to-do lists uh, people always joked around they're like you know when you get married you'll have those honey do lists (laughs) and i was like oh that's funny and then you get married and you do you you know saturdays yeah you got a list Uh, I'm sure your dad's got a list on the on the wall somewhere and has things to get done and projects, and so you you work and get that stuff done. But but here I, I like that ideal and expression. You know that, you know instead of saying a, a to do list, so how do we live? You know how do we follow Jesus? And so that's where we come with this um, this first thing. And so he talks about kind of it's dangerous when religious people read the Bible. Now, Tristan, why would you think that's dangerous?
1: Well, you see, they overthink it.
0: <laughs> that. that simple enough right Mm -hmm. that's that's kind of the the first point that he's making is sometimes we just overthink it and we um you know one of the things that that he does on page 17 he talks about the the same temptation uh, to kind of confuse description versus prescription and that's that's uh, two different things really when you think about it like if i give you a description of something then that's, that's a description of how I interpret it. That's right. the view. But if I give you like a prescription, that would be like if I go to a, like a pharmacist and get a prescription, like it's, it's already written, it's already done. This is prescribed for you.
1: This is what you need.
0: This is what you need. And so he says, you know, there's a, there's a difference between those two things uh, when we read the opening here on the, the Sermon on the Mount, And so one of the things he kind of gives as an expression before we even jump into that Sermon on the Mount is he talks about Peter. Now, Tristan, what do you know about the Apostle Peter?
1: He was the one who did the roller coaster. He was ups and downs and ups and downs.
0: He was. He was. He was the one up and down, and he was the one who basically would say whatever needed to be said when nobody else wanted to say it. And sometimes that worked out for him. Sometimes that got him in a little bit of trouble. (laughs) But he was. And and you know, it's crazy because when he first meets Jesus, like there's this scene where where he just is completely like just blown away like of who Christ is and he knows he's going to go follow him but he spends the whole day like bringing his like fishing boat in and all this equipment just to leave it anyway and go and and follow Jesus and and he kind of makes this point he says sometimes as as Christians and stuff we feel like we've got to be like Peter where we just have to to leave everything abandon and go and, and follow Jesus but he's like that's kind of what Peter did like that was Peter's story and and description there but it doesn't mean that that's what we're all called to do and, right. and we can that, serve in different ways.
1: That was Peter's job. That was what he was prescribed to do.
0: Exactly, exactly. And so we, we think about that. And so it, it is a good reminder because sometimes we may feel, feel guilt or something and it's like, oh, you know, you should sell your house and move across the ocean and, and do mission work. And not that that's not bad uh, to, to do those things, but maybe God has you called to live in Lewisburg to, to serve people here. in this area. Exactly, exactly. So we shouldn't feel guilty about where God has placed us or what we're doing. And so he says we kind of got to relieve that, that guilt pressure and realize God has us maybe exactly where he wants us, and different people are going to be called to do different things. And so that's that you know, right there where he says that that same temptation to confuse the description from prescription is at play when we read the opening here of the Sermon on the Mount as well. And so in the the first 12 verses known as the Beatitudes, Jesus identifies who is blessed by God. Now, does this list kind of surprise you a little bit, Tristan, of who who is blessed? Uh, well,
1: yeah, a little bit, you know, because you think, oh, as you said, the powerful the strong, the easier to defend. Yeah. yeah. They're the ones who would be weak at heart because they think they can trust themselves to do it all themselves.
0: Yeah, that's good insight, and that's absolutely true. And, and you know, this is like if we were out picking a, say we were going to go out and play some baseball, and and there's this guy that's kind of weak and can't hit the ball versus a guy that can hit me a home run every time, it would be crazy to pick the guy that can barely hit the ball, wouldn't it? Right. And yet that's exactly like what Jesus does. He like sees the value in these people that are not dependent upon their own skills but dependent upon Him in order to do the work that, that the kingdom people need to do. Yeah, so very, very good insight there. And so here's this this list, and I'm going to let Tristan read that to us here. And, and just right
1: Oh, okay, yeah. Um, sorry, show me. Okay, yeah, I see it now. His list includes the poor in spirit, those who mourn, and the meek. Some misread this section as prescriptive, saying that's who's going to get it no matter what. Yeah. But that's just a description of a person, a tattoo, almost. Yeah. A label. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it is. Yeah, going right back to where we were at the beginning of that. That was a good devotion to open up with.
1: Yeah, that fit in real nice.
0: Yeah, it did. Yeah, so we begin to think about that, including the poor in spirit and those who mourn, the the meek as well, and and we begin to to look at that. And as Tristan said, that prescriptiveness of of those characteristics there with God's blessings, and and he tells us here that such reading will lead us to believe being joyful or courageous is ungodly, and sadness and weakness are true signs of spiritual maturity. But that's not exactly what Jesus was saying. We don't need to, as, as as Christians, feel guilty if we're experiencing joy or happiness or laughter. But these characteristics, as well as as mourning and and um, dealing with struggles and pain and brokenness, like that's not to be over overlooked. But it doesn't mean it's a constant state that we have to be at, and not begin to to feel the other, um, the prescriptive versus the descriptive yeah. uh, roles here that he's kind of talking about, and so. Then he kinda of says, you know, while the, the world says the strong, powerful, and happy are well off, we would say, Okay, well that's you know, that's hard to argue with that in a worldly perspective. But we're talking about, you know, the kingdom of God, which is not a worldly kingdom. And so Jesus looks at things very differently. And so Jesus turns our expectations upside down, completely upside down. You can imagine how the disciples are are like completely shocked because they're like, Whoa, wait a second, like we don't want the powerful. We don't want the <laughs> we don't want the elite. We don't want the the influencers in the world. Like we we want just more fishermen and tax collectors. And Jesus is like, now you're getting it, right? That's why I picked you guys. <laughs> That'd be a humble statement itself, right? Oh, so I was yeah. like, oh boy. And so um, you know, he says Jesus turns everything upside down by saying, you know, it's it's the weak, the sad, the overlooked, or well off in the kingdom of God because Jesus is going to take care of them. And then there's this uh, great little uh, quote here by Stanley Heros who who puts it this way. He says, Too often the characteristics, talking of the Beatitudes, are turned into ideals we must strive to attain. As ideals, they can become formulas for power rather than descriptions of the kind of people and characteristics of the new age brought by Christ. Thus, Jesus does not tell us that we should try to become poor in spirit or meek or peacemakers. He simply says that many are called into the kingdom of God who will find themselves constituted. And so we think about those, um, those words there. And so the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, he says, is, a, is not a to-do list, but it's a good news list. And Jesus is describing who has the most to gain by the arrival of his kingdom. And so he's not, um, not a prescription so much as a, a description there in that sense. So kind of uh, flipping those gears around. And uh, one, one passage of Scripture it gives us as a suggestion is 1 Samuel sixteen, seven. And I'm just going to read that passage of Scripture here for us. And this is a, a very popular, famous passage of Scripture. It says here in 1 Samuel sixteen seven it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance, his status because I have rejected it and it says humans look at the outward appearance where the Lord looks at the inward appearance and so we we think about that and of course this is the reference here that he comes and David has all these big brothers and and they would be like better kings and and the father's like um, well I have one more but he's like this you know he's the run of the family like he's over there taking care of the sheep and stuff and, and Samuel's like, well, that's the guy that's going to be the next king. Go get him. And so worldly appearances, David wasn't impressive. And yet we know as a king, he, he did a lot of good things. Not that he didn't have struggles, but he did a lot of good things and unified the nation and, and became a much better king than the previous one with Saul. But it says, you know, that reminder, the Lord doesn't look at the outward appearance. He looks at the heart, that inward appearance. And
1: right. You could be the weakest person on the outside, but you could have the spirit of a bodybuilder
0: absolutely yeah yeah you could very well and so here are our next um next area as we kind of move on we're going into to section two and kind of continuing that that thought process here as well kind of a theme as we're, we're looking at that and looking at how God looks at that inward appearance there and rejects the things that that man looks at as success and so we have kind of the, the curve of blessings. And so I'll let uh, Tristan kind of share with you here about this new little chart we have up top. A little, nice little drawing there of, of Jesus. And then there's some, some emptiness on the other side. So,
1: Yeah, we have the bell curve of blessing here. You know, Jesus blesses those who no one else blessed. That was a quote by Scott McKnight there. And, you know, that's sitting right at the lower end of the bell curve in the not blessed section where Jesus actually is. Then you have the sort of blessed, you know, kind of sitting there close. You have the blessed, the line starts to get bigger. And then you have the very blessed, where people, where the people we think Jesus is with.
0: And the problem with that picture is Jesus isn't there. right? <laughs> right? He's, he's all the completely way over. Completely on the other side. Completely on the other side. Not even in the middle of this chart. He's completely there on that that left side. With that quote you read by, by Scott McKnight, where Jesus blesses those whom no one else would have blessed. I mean, he blessed the leopard. He blessed the, the woman caught in adultery. I mean, he, he continuously, uh, the woman at the well, just continued to give forgiveness and blessing and healing and, and miracles time and time again. And so, again, it says, you know, if, if Jesus were serious, then, then no one is beyond God's blessing. And that's here what chapter 2, or section 2, based on how you, you read this book here, um, is entitled. And so, this is, this is pretty good stuff here when you begin to, to look at social media. How many of us out there have uh, Facebook or Twitter or some form Hello. of yeah I mean it's you know before this pandemic i I you know set up a facebook account in college and didn't really even yeah. use it up until you know up until this pandemic to try to get people connected and it's great to have and great to try to to reach people but and I don't even think facebook is what 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 do you all use now that's not even like what the what most probably yeah. like kids even use I use and instagram. instagram I yeah. use a
1: lot of Facebook too but you know. I don't spend my time on regular Facebook. I'm on Facebook Marketplace.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, right, right. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah. That's where you can get some good deals and do some, some shopping. Deals. Yeah, and uh, and I know for for older people, definitely like Facebook is they like that to keep in touch and figure mm-hmm. out what's going on with the world and stuff. And and so, but Facebook is like a. It's like the black hole. Like you can just lose yourself hours, you know, on end, or or Instagram or other things too. Yeah. And
1: you'll see people who will post a thing that they say. You've scrolled this far. Now slow down, and get off the app and take a break.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just to
1: get you back in it.
0: Wow, that's wild. I guess I haven't scrolled that far down yet. <laughs> but um but it is easy to to get lost in there and it's easy to, you know, as he was talking about um in his book, um stay off social media a little bit. Um, if you want to be happy. And and that's a thought, right? It's like, oh, if you want to be happy, stay off social media. Well, what's he mean? Well, that's kind of intriguing, uh, that first line that he wrote. And he says, a recent study for the University of California found that the more that you use Facebook over time, the more likely you are to experience negative physical health, uh, negative mental health, negative life satisfaction. And he says, you know, that's by... um, psychologist gene that, that put that out there and says especially harmful to young people um, a look at the so-called highlight reel which is you know a moment in time of somebody's um, moment that that may be better you know perceived better you know um, for that picture or something like that you know maybe they worked hard to make that picture or make that moment yeah. and, um, and maybe it's really not what we think it is in our mind, you know, maybe not as grand or as glorious or, or their life is, is that moment all the time.
1: You know, you think of that as that warning that says professional driver, do not do this at home. Yeah. And you'll see yeah. the people, I can do that. And five se- and like 10 minutes later, you'll have an ambulance on the way.
0: Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't try this at home. Right. And, um, he says, you know, the, the highlight reels that you see there on, on social media are snapshots of the best. Um, Uh, moments there of the day or the year on a person's life but he says as a result and this is what i took off on page 21 as a result we end up comparing the unglamorous reality of our life with the fake glamorous of everyone else's life and he says that's always going to be a recipe there for despair
1: if you only see the best you'll think you're the worst
0: it is true. It is true, and it's it's easy to do that. It's easy to compare. It's easy to be like, oh man, that person's got it all together, or that person's got. E-. I mean, it's so easy to do that, man. If I had a lake house, I'd <laughs> I'd be out there fishing all the time, right? Or mm-hmm. if I had th- those people working for me, I'd be able to do this or that. You know, what I mean, but it's it's just a moment, and it's just a rare or it's just a clip, like. It doesn't make it that it's like that all the time. But it's easy in our mind to be discouraged and dissatisfied with what we have based on looking and seeing what others have.
1: And not to say that you can't reach a certain goal. If you keep, if you strive at it and keep the Lord in your, on your mind with your prayers and all that, you can still reach that goal and reach an ideal that you may like. Sometimes it's not completely always spiritual. And you need to strive for it to be. So... If you strive to read, you know, a chapter a day in the Bible, even though that's not much, it's mm-hmm. still something. And you'll grow on top of that.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Finding our balance and our, our happiness based on God's word, apart from looking at the world a perspective and saying, Man, I wish I had more of that and realizing we do have enough in, in Christ. And and that goes back to the Beatitudes. I mean, if you're if you mourn, if you're broken, if you're poor in spirit, like those aren't bad qualities. Those are qualities that, that God accepts and, and um, in the well, sermon. The influencers
1: around. inherit the world, the broken, the meek, the mourning inherit the kingdom of God.
0: Yeah, and at the end of the day, the kingdom of God is much better than inheriting the world. And so that's absolutely true. And you know, it's interesting too, he talks about within the ancient Jewish um, culture, they were kind of also plagued with this tendency as well. I mean, you look at a person and it's like. This person has wealth, this person doesn't have leprosy, this person isn't blind, so, so they must be blessed. And then the opposite, well, this person has leprosy, this person's blind, like, they must be cursed. And so, again, judging people based on their appearance.
1: But look who saw God and who didn't.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. The, the leopard was healed, the blind man saw. The people that they didn't expect the Messiah to touch or have any dealings with were the ones that the Messiah went for right away. Absolutely true. And so, you know, I think that that is kind of that upside down kingdom that Jesus was establishing while he was here and continuing to establish through us. And so some really good, good thoughts that he has here. And he says like modern social media, this desire uh, to be perceived as blessed by God, led people in Jesus' culture to project uh, positive but false public images. That kind of sounds like today, doesn't it? Uh, the truth about your life was less important than what people thought the truth was. And and Jesus didn't play into that game. And I I like that. It's good to know Jesus didn't play into that game. Instead, in his sermon, Jesus described who is really blessed. And, and, you know, we begin to look at the Sermon on the Mount. And and he gives uh, scholar Scott McKnight, if you want to read that quote there, Tristan, he gives us a good little quote on this.
1: Clearly, Jesus goes against the grain. Instead of blessing the one who pursues wisdom and reason, develops a reputation as a sage. And instead of blessing the one who has a good family, who deserves the whole Torah, or the one who has all the right friends and develops a reputation as righteous or a leader, Jesus blesses those whom no one else blessed.
0: Yeah, again, there's that quote by Scott McKnight about reminding us. And as we've had this conversation with, I mean, all the people Jesus came in contact with, including, you know, it's funny because in in Matthew's gospel, he's like Jesus was a friend of sinners and tax collectors. Like He's like, you know, people consider tax collectors even worse than sinners.
1: You've got that whole spectrum.
0: It is, it is. And it's amazing that when you look at that and and see just kind of that dynamic there of, of how Christ Worked through the lives of so many, and still today does as well. That he doesn't look at that outward appearance, and so that that countercultural list there tells us here of how Jesus blessed those. And so society calls some people worthless, where Christ would say that they're priceless. And I think that that's a good thing to remember that that you know we shouldn't judge anybody based on their circumstances or based on their appearance, but we should show the the love of God to them as God has shown His love to us. probably a good ideal at times to, to flip off the social media and as we said earlier to turn on the word of god and that's um we'll end with this uh, this thought with first corinthians 1 26 through 31 another passage here of of scripture also where where paul is talking to the church of corinth and he says brothers and sisters consider your calling not many were wise from a human perspective now when you hear that first line, it's like, is that a compliment? <laughs> it's like, wait, a, wait a, did he just not call? Did he didn't. Paul didn't call us wise, did he? <laughs> he said, he said many silly. of us were not wise. Now they're probably trying to figure out which ones not wise. Right? They're already, <laughs> already doing things they shouldn't be doing. And he says, uh, not many wise from a human perspective. Not many powerful not many of noble birth and they're like okay paul yeah okay okay you, you so
1: can calm down a little bit more. right
0: not not wise right not not many uh many powerful okay noble birth okay yeah that's right we don't have much <laughs> nobility here we're just a bunch of average people so now you've made us feel real good about ourselves we
1: know we know you don't need to rub it in
0: exactly if we're looking at their uh their facebook post here it's like oh it's just a bunch of average people i'm you know we might think of ourselves prideful and say oh I, I got more than they got you know, but he says instead in verse 27 and said, God has chosen what is foolish in the world to shame the wise and God has chosen what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God has chosen what is insignificant and despised in the world and what is viewed as nothing to bring to nothing what is viewed as something so that no man may boast in his presence. It is from him that you are in Christ Jesus who became wisdom wisdom. From God for us, our righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, in order that as it is written, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. And so Paul gets to the end of this. He's like, No, wait a second. He's like, You got everything you need in the Lord. And so he's like, You're not going to boast about yourself before the Lord. And they're like, Well, certainly not. We're not wise, noble, and, <laughs> and powerful. But he, he's like, We will boast because because we're none of those things that God still has value and gives us strength. And so at the end of this, he's like, yeah, people are like, we're sanctified, redeemed. This is good news, right? We don't have to have all these other qualities. And I think that's a a good message. So I I think this is going to be a fun journey. Um, We're probably going to be doing this the next couple of months, really, because we're just doing about two sections a week and some good devotions. But we appreciate you being here with us today. Any last thoughts there, Tristan?
1: I do not. Do you?
0: No, I don't. I hope that everybody has a good St. Patrick's Day. We look forward to seeing everybody here next week, and we'll uh, end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for, for this beautiful day, and we just pray, Father, that, that people are encouraged by just being able to share your your word today and being in the gospel and learning, Father, that we don't need to compare ourselves to others, but to be satisfied with who we are and, and the fact that, Father, you find worth in us and allow us, Lord, not to, to judge others, but just to love them the way you do and continue to humble us and allow us to follow you faithfully. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, have a wonderful day and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.